These four guys bleed New Jersey Devils hockey. It's Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Yes, we are the Uncle Puckers, but we are light 50% of us today. So you kind of got the, uh, kind of have the OG um, Uncle Puckers here. So it's me, Chris Cole, along with my original partner here, Dan Ma- uh, Martin. What's up, Mr. Dan? How are you? Pretty good. How about you, Chris? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, you know. It's kind of quiet in here, you know, just two of us here. It's kind of, it, you know, noticeably different. Yeah, it is. It's like the kids are finally away, and, you know, we get a night to ourselves. It's like time to fool around? <laughs> Fuck, I, I wasn't should ready I for put, this, but okay. Should I put my pants back on then? Ah, no, why not? Just, yeah, just go with your, go with your gut. All right, fair enough. So, you know, a lot of big uh, action going on in the NHL these uh, last couple of days. This has what been a, a flurry, right? Trade, a, trade deadline flurry everywhere. Ridiculous. They were saying, I was listening to... Um, uh, I think the NHL uh, network today on on Sirius XM, and they were saying that there were at that time I think it was twenty eight or thirty two first, second, third round picks all moved in this trade deadline so far. So like almost Is that some kind thir- of record. It seems it, like it insane. must be. I think they said uh, last year there were so this year I think there were nine first round um, draft picks that went in trades. Last year was three, I think the year before that four, the year before that three, the year before that four. So the most that we've had over the past five years has been four. Mm-hmm. There were nine this time around, and then like yeah. ten second rounders and like seven or eight or nine third rounders. So oh. a lot of action. A lot of people, you know, delving, at, uh, dealing out their, their draft picks. And, you know, I mean, if you're in the Eastern Conference and you're especially in like the top six, I mean, you got to think you got a good shot of winning the whole thing. I mean, the way that the Eastern Conference is right now is wide open. Um, you know, you have a lot of teams that made a lot of moves, and it's going to be uh, really interesting to see how this thing pans out. So, um, oh, yeah. how about we talk about a few of those moves? Yeah. What do we got now? Of course, let's just you know take everybody back to what all Devils fans know: the big Timo Meyer trade kind of set it off. I mean, yeah, I guess what the Rangers got. Uh, who was it? Um, Tarasenko. Tarasenko. And Kane. Before that. Yeah, and but uh, after the Tarasenko move, then the big blockbuster of the, you know, Timo Meyer deal. And then since then, we've had a lot of nonstop stuff. So, yeah, take us from yeah. there. Yesterday was just crazy. I mean, Toronto went out, and, I mean, if you look at Toronto's lineup, they're starting basically a, a, a third of their lineup is going to be brand new. They have six new guys that are basically coming in. Uh, I don't know all the trades that I have right now. I yeah, mean, it's, that it's they so have hard right to keep now. up with. It was, I mean, I know six, that they— adding six starters to your roster, six ostensibly top six players, and totally changing out your top two lines— Top well, I mean, it, there's there's some defensemen in there and stuff, but yeah, yeah I I mean, um, let's see exactly what they did. Um, I believe trades. That seems like so, uh, some kind of record in itself, like to pull it, off six cha- big moves like that, and it is a lot. Um, yeah. They so they picked up. Uh, let's see, who the heck did I'm trying to find it all. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly. They picked mm-hmm. up um, uh, Noel Akiari. Ak- 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 um, 
Jack, Jack McCabe, uh, Sam Lafferty. They, right. they picked up a ton of dudes. Um, and, yeah, their lineup is going to look very different. I mean, they kept the core together. You know, they kept, uh, you know, of course, um, Tavares. Um, uh, what that, uh, call Matthews it? guy. Yeah, Austin Matthews. <laughs> um, um, uh, Meyer, what, what's his name? Um the young guy uh oh shit really great player and i can't yeah. remember his freaking name um yeah but i know we're you know people in toronto are gonna be shitting all over us on this one um, meyer lansky meyer lansky that yes. was him so yeah uh they, they did a ton um and it's a little bit if i'm a maple leaf fan i'm a little bit concerned like how much is too much and are you going to fuck up the uh chemistry of this team i think that's uh something that you know of course it remains to be seen but i just think mitch marner that's who i was thinking mitch of marner, mitch marner yeah, yeah. yeah and then you know william nylander austin matthews john Tavares. those main guys are there uh and they kind of wanted to build out around them and uh yeah so they they basically you know when you get bounced in the first round you know how many years in a row i'm guessing they're just saying yeah, we're going all in. Either we're going to lose to Tampa or we're going to finally get out of this first-round slump that we have here. and Because yeah. uh, they're going to play the, the, the Lightning, and that's going to be a, a tough series. Well, Toronto is the New York of Canada. So sure is. I always love when they make a giant you know, money grab at buying a team last minute and it blows up in their face. And I, I hope that happens with Toronto, just like I hope it happens with New York. But, you know, let's get real. They are two really good teams. They just got better. They are very good teams. And, yeah, you're right. They did. Toronto, I think, got a lot better. I'm still, I mean, you would have thought around here the Rangers just won the Stanley Cup. I mean, the fact that they got Patrick Kane, people are fucking ready to do a ticker tape parade already. They're ready to go. And I just don't know how much that is going to help this team going into the playoffs like you went out and you got Tarasenko and you picked up a old veteran right winger um Patrick Kane started pissing about it you know uh, wasn't happy about the trade wanted to go to New York only had like I think one or two teams he was willing to play for um and so when he comes out and says those things, then Chris Jury starts moving some money around, and he goes out and he makes the trade for a old veteran right winger. And I'm kind of just like, you kind of got the same dude, right? I mean, yeah. yep. Patrick Kane is, is of course, you know, I mean, nothing, no slight against Kane. He will go down in history as the greatest American hockey player of all time. But you know, his best days are long behind him, and. Yep. The playoffs. I'm curious what he could do with a better team around him now. I think he's got to do better than he was doing at Chicago. But, you know, is that going to move the needle for the Rangers? That's a great question. I don't know. It doesn't look like it's going to move it much, personally. You know, I mean, is he going to play defense in the playoffs? Because I, I don't think so. You know, I mean, it, 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 look, whatever happens to the Rangers, I just hope it's painful. And it, you know it, it hurts a lot. I'm really hoping it's at the hands of the Devils, um, very you know, be. because you know everybody, all the entire hockey world talked about for the last day. Well, I'll say 24 hours now has been Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Devils went and got the, the biggest 
guy out there. I mean, the guy that every single team would love to have. Mm-hmm. Devils got get him, and and that's barely even touched, barely even scratching the surface of the Timo Meyer move and what that does to this team. Yeah, there's part of me that's just like, of course he did that because it's a media move. And that's all you care about in New York is media, and you know, like New York, New York is a media driven town. They have you know tons of radio stations and television talking about them all the time, and they always just need to you know respond in a knee jerk fashion. They don't really necessarily follow a a plan for the franchise but do you 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 kind of feel that way too like the patrick kane thing it seems to me like it was just because it was patrick kane and we can get people in here just with patrick kane coming to broadway and it was not what's best for our team right now uh you know because if that was really the case i think then tarasenko wouldn't have happened you know they would have just gone after kane but why'd they go and get Tarasenko and then all of a sudden all you kept hearing about was how Patrick Kane is, you know, was upset that, you know, the Ra- the Rangers picked up Tarasenko and he wants to go there, he wants to go there, he wants to go there. And Chicago gave up, you know, got nothing basically for him. Right. I, That's one thing I, I have to say for the Rangers and they didn't give up much to get him. No. You might, not, uh, you might argue how much is he worth anymore, but he's got to be worth more than the Rangers gave for him. I think so it was a, that was a, a pretty good deal for the Rangers when you look at it that I, way. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a second and a fourth, and I think the second turns into a first if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. Um, but, yeah, they didn't give up a whole lot. And I get Chicago's whole thing, too. I mean, here's a guy that has done everything that you've asked for, you you know, for this for that club for 12 years, 13 years, however long he's been in the league. Now he wants a chance to go and try and win a Stanley Cup. And, you know, kind of a, all right, look, this is your last hurrah. We'll move you wherever you want to go, and we'll take whatever they're willing to give us. And there was only one place he wanted to go, which was New York. So now he's there, and, you know, hopefully in the first round, uh, you know, they're talking on on, um, on the Sirius today, and they're, you know, going about the Eastern Conference. And they're it's it's Boston, and this is the way that these people are. T- it's Boston, it's Carolina, it's the Rangers, it's Tampa, it's Toronto. Yeah, nobody. It's, it's amazing with the deal that Devils made that they're still kind of overlooked, isn't it? It's crazy. There was one guy when they were talking about the um, the one guy was a couple guys were talking about the first round, and they were like, "Well, you know, I mean, it wouldn't." Well, somebody had mentioned like, "Well, what if Toronto gets upset in the first round?" And then and one of the guys was like, "Would it be an upset though?" I mean, really, we know they're going to play t- Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay wins that series or Toronto wins that series, neither of them are upsets. And he goes, same thing with the Rangers. You know, Rangers beat the Devils, Devils beat the Rangers, and it's not really an upset. And one guy chimed in and he's like, "Actually, I'll say this: if the Rangers beat the Devils." That's probably an upset. Devils are a hell of a lot better than the Rangers. And I like stopped for a second. I was like, wait, well, what? Well, somebody in the national media attention? likes the Devils? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I if you... uh, it's very, not everybody's paying attention to that. And that's good. I honestly feel like it works in the Devils' advantage. I also felt like with this deal, and I, I listened to some of the New York media, you know, gushing about Kane, that a lot of them felt like, okay, this is our Messier. We got yeah. our piece, you know. This is a new Messier. This is uh, he's going to lead us to the cup, and I, I just don't see it. I mean, I, I think, think that was a much more effectual player when he came to the Rangers than Kane. Oh, he he was still in his, you know, you could say he was still in his prime. I mean, he yeah. had many years after they won the cup in '94 where he was a dominant player. Right. Uh, I just don't think you're going to get that from Patrick Kane. Uh, you know, maybe it surprises everybody, and uh, you know, they go on and they go on a huge cup run and they bring the cup to New York. 
it's definitely possible. Um, that's why we play the games. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I, you know, I'm going to be surprised if it is. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're the best team. I think if you're looking at the top six right now, I I would probably say the Rangers are number six. Yeah, they're on the bubble there, right? Yeah, I mean, Boston is clearly yeah, Boston is clearly the best team, and they got a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, and you know, uh, yeah, this is probably just some bias, and and it's still we haven't seen Meyer in this lineup yet. But I think with what the Devils have done, it puts them right there at number two. I I agree, especially if they gel the way they should with this move. I I gotta imagine that you have to put them over Carolina. I really do, and uh, I think that you're they're right there with Boston. uh, You know, sitting there at a very close number two. Now, another big move that I think we all woke up to and very surprised for was that um, the L.A. Kings moved Jonathan Quick. Yeah, kind of sad, man. Uh, it's funny because we were just talking about him last show. Uh, listen, you know, who's the greatest American goaltenders? And, of course, you got to think about, you know, you know Richter and uh, you know, Jim Craig and all. But Jonathan Quick, you know, has maybe the best uh, chops for as far as the record, the cups, and his, his uh, goals against over his career and everything. And, yeah, his career is coming to an end. He's not as sharp as he was, but he's also been playing, you know, inconsistently. Um, to see him go to Columbus, though, I just felt for him. And I, I hear he's not happy. Yeah. Uh, he said uh, the quote was that it, it's an understatement to say that he's not happy. Uh, so I think was a teammate made that comment or something. Yeah, um, he's really upset about this move, and so are yeah, the people in LA. I mean, it was right. You don't want to, you know, from what I've read, uh, you know, the Kings have their core group of guys and guys that were there for those two cups and everything, but nobody in that city. I mean, in in that city, nobody is loved like Jonathan Quick. That he is just, you know, there needs to be a statue outside the stadium for this guy. He's, you know, they've never had a goaltender like that. Won him two cups. Won the Consumite in 2012, <clears throat> which kind of hurts to say, but he did. And, uh, you know, now he's he's in Columbus. Like, what? this is where, you know, players go to fucking die. What are you doing and sending him to Columbus? And, look, Corpusaro, I really liked him. I like him. And right. I'm... I heard rumblings that the Devils were looking to get Carpasaro. Now, I'm wondering if that was maybe a deal that was in the works before Blackwood got hurt. and mm. Because I would have liked him as a backup. That's a great thought, yeah. Because, yeah, he would make a good backup uh, to Vanacek, uh, solid. You know, there's a couple people who were out there, not too many, and he was one of them. Um, and he's now going back to L.A. And... Yeah, I mean, uh, I would have loved to pick him up. Uh, I feel like we do need... I, I'm, I'm going to, you know, run with Schmidt if I have to, but I think it would have been great to get a solid backup just in case Vanacek is injured. How do you feel about Jonathan Quick as a backup? I mean, uh, I think you could do worse. You definitely could do worse. Um, you know, I would love to know where his game is at now. And the question is, where is it? Because his numbers this season were not great, great at all. And he hasn't played consistently either. Um, and he hasn't played with, like, consistent defense in front of him. L.A. has been, you know, making moves and, and not really playing him. So I don't know if he could do any better than his numbers so far this season. If so, you know, fine. But his numbers actually were, like, on par with Blackwood. 
and that's not right. really an upgrade to go that way at this point. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if he'd be my first choice as a backup. But honestly, if it's a straight-up cha- trade with Blackwood, I'll take almost anybody if you want to know the truth. You know, it's real curious. You think about what they're going to do with the Blackwood situation because, I mean, the, they're not, they put him on IR, so apparently the injury is a little bit worse than we thought. Now, how long until they realize, wait a second, we need to dump his salary and they put him on long-term IR, which would basically take him out of the lineup for the rest of the year. Right. Um, they basically, you know, that way. And I would not be shocked if they end up doing that. Um, yeah. You know, you're carrying a roster spot right now, and for a guy who is probably not going to play, uh, and if he does come back and he is healthy, how comfortable is this team sending Schmid back down and having him as the backup? I mean, it's great that you can always no, make a call and I get Schmid, but, you know, now you let's look at, you know, it's game three, game four, the first round of the playoffs, and, you know, you're up by a goal, and something happens, Vanacek goes down, and there's two minutes left in the second period, and he can't come back. Are you comfortable no. with sending Blackwood out there? Absolutely not. Honestly, my my prescription for this team is to play Smid in every backup possible position game for him. I'm not saying give him games that Vanacek needs to stay sharp, but the back-to-backs, play Schmidt in every single one of them, get him more experience, because you already screwed up by sending him down the first time. I agree. For a guy who we said was going to get injured, and here he is, he's injured again. And you want to ride that again into the playoffs? I mean, how many times can you make the same mistake? And, you know, this is enough. So if we're not going to be able to replace Blackwood with somebody who's a solid backup, I'm okay with running Schmidt, but let's run him. Let's get him those games so he feels more comfortable, so, you know, he doesn't go into the playoff game, you know, and first time having played in two months, you know, and that you have happen. to, and you have to let him know you're our backup, you're our backup. you know, you're, like if you put Blackwood, let's say it's after Friday, there's no, after Friday, three no o'clock, Devil, yeah. Devils don't make any more moves. This is our team. This is the team we're taking into the playoffs. Put Blackwood on long-term IR and you turn around to Schmid and say, keep your bags up here. You're our backup going into the playoffs. Then, you know, he has the comfort knowing he's not going anywhere. The team knows who their two goaltenders are. They play comfortably and play very well in front of both of those guys. And you kind of move on from this Blackwood mess for the last few years. Of, Absolutely. Put you it know, to bed. We're going to have a playoff run. It could be huge. We need to get rid of this Blackwood cloud that's been hanging over the Devils these last few years. It's enough. We're done. I mean, right. I, I just it has to be. We got a, a, a suitable replacement. Yeah, we could probably do better. And if we don't by the trade deadline, I'm fine with Schmidt. I mean, I say we could do better, but this guy might turn into a great goaltender. And he's been nothing but solid this year. Yeah, you know, you know, they called him up on, on Saturday morning. I think from what I heard, he was all set to hop on a bus with the Utica. And they were like, no, you're going to the airport. And he comes in, finds out that morning he's playing for the Devils that night. And he has a shutout against uh, the Flyers. Yep. You know, this guy off the street, he's always ready to go. He's very reliable. And like you had said on the last show, you can maybe point to maybe two games where he wasn't at his best. Yeah. And, you know. If that. Right. If that. I mean, so there's no place, there's no room to complain. You have, no. there's, you know, I think the Devils, I mean, they're, they're, they're so 
it's it's so awesome seeing right now where this team is and yet people like us especially me and you who i think kind of are glass half empty kind of guys in a lot yeah, of ways sometimes yeah and i think you know it's easy for us to kind of point out the deficiencies on these teams and stuff and you mentioned like you've seen enough with the blackwood thing like Dealing with guys like Blackwood and Severson and the mistakes that they bring to the table, all that stuff was tolerate, tolerable back when this team wasn't very good. But, you know, last year you saw little glimmers of this team could be very good, and then this year they've just had their foot on the gas and they haven't let it up. You don't win Stanley Cups with guys that still, after seven, eight years in the league, make these fundamental mistakes that just don't are not good at situational hockey. Um, and, and I don't think Severson is good at situational hockey at all. Uh, I think when it comes to, you know, he, he wants to, like you had said it before, he wants to be a forward, uh, you know, and he plays that way. But even forwards can't be making the stupid plays that he makes, the passes in the offensive zone that end up, you know, right in front of uh, um, Vanacek and, uh, you know, just, or defensive zone rather. Just, you know, the, the, the things that he does Good does not in any way, shape, or form overcome the things he does bad. Yeah, no, it's clear. It's clear. You know, that experiment has run its course as well. And, uh, you know, if there was one move we could make uh, remaining with the time we have left, and I don't know if we can expect it, I don't think so. If I had to choose between a backup for Vanacek to replace Smid and somebody else to replace Severson, I honestly would take replacement of Severson. I, I feel like too. he's going to be able to uh, hurt our team more than uh, an untested Schmidt could. Now, I mean, there's still a day and a half left or, you know, whatever, how many hours left in, in Friday at 3 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, I still, I've been saying this since we first started our shows, I would not, what the hell was that? Uh, something on my phone, I apologize. Oh, I would not be shocked if Severson gets moved. I still yeah. wouldn't be shocked. And I don't even know if he would move for a, another defenseman. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes for draft capital and we mm-hmm. just bring somebody up. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like I said, how far along Simone Nimick is or you know when is Luke Hughes going to actually join the club. I mean, we're getting really close to the end here. So right. I don't – I mean, I don't know. But to me, it, it's – to ride him, and, and, and I don't know if I see, it, my eyes don't work or something, because, like, you listen to the broadcasts, and they love Severson. They love yes. everything about him. Like, what am I missing? Um, I don't know. He's been a guy, I guess, he talks to the media a lot, and the media like him because he can speak to them. You know, he's, he's an English native speaker. Right. Um, and I don't know. For whatever reason, everybody in the organization seemed to like him. Now, look, when he came into the league, if you just look at his stats, uh, his size, uh, scoring capability, looks exciting. You know, everybody wants that scoring defenseman. There's not a team out there who's not excited about a scoring defenseman, right? We all love Dougie Hamilton. And he, when he came into the league, you know, he could have been a Dougie Hamilton. That's what everybody put him as. And people wanted him to be Dougie, Dougie Hamilton. Now, I honestly feel like, you know, I don't want to sound like, oh, I'm so ahead of the curve, but I feel like years ago, I noticed no his his minuses are a lot more you know of an effect on this team than his pluses, and he's hurting the team more than he's helping. And even going back to when the whole team was a shit show, 
I mean, he was scoring own goals on himself, you know, like on yeah. his own net. Um, he always found a way to, you know, deflate the team at the wrong time. And, you know, it, it's funny because he'll make three mistakes that, you know, end up in the back of the net. They be, get barely mentioned by the announcers. You know, Danico loves them. Um, and then, you know, uh, he scores one goal and um, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. Now, by my count, he's a minus three if you go but but you wouldn't notice that at all because you know it's just about you know it's scoring defensemen they love to talk about their goals and um he could score a pretty goal he's got a great shot when he comes in and, and actually does connect well he could score a great goal he's got the tools to be an amazing player but he doesn't have the head for it yeah and that's the problem some... i don't think the... it could be fixed well i mean look if it hasn't been fixed in eight years uh, there yeah. just comes a time where you got to cut bait and just see what else you got. I mean, we have those two guys who are the future of this team and our future of our blue line, I should say. I mean, no, is it ideal to throw a rookie in with 20 games left in the season and get him ready for a playoff run? No, it's probably not ideal. But at the same time, I think of it like, well, if this is the future and we do have to get these guys up here at some point, is is it really going to be that much of a difference? Like, you know, are they are they so much worse than Severson that it's going to be so glaring that we're going to sit here going, I can't believe we got rid of them? I don't yeah. think that's the case. I don't know. I'll tell you, right behind goaltenders, defensemen take the longest to mature and come into the league, and they need more of a break-in time usually. Right. So, what do you so think? Like nine or tricky. ten years for Severson? You think, and no, he'll, it'll start to no, click. Uh, obviously, well <laughs> beyond. But I'm thinking more of the the guys we want to bring up, the guys we're chomping at the bit to, to bring up, like Hughes, uh, possibly Nemec. Um And we were like, hey, uh, anybody's better than Severson. Bring this guy. But you know, we might be a little bit overestimating how much a rookie defenseman can contribute. Uh, it's kind of rare they come in and give you that solid play. Um, and if anything, the more offensively skilled they are, the more they might need to kind of relearn some, you know, defense that applies to the NHL level that they weren't seeing in, in Utica or anywhere else. And that, you know, maybe is a concern. That like, an experienced defensive coach might tell you, dude, I don't want a rookie defenseman if I can help it. I'll work with Severson. I, you know, rookie defenseman right now is maybe going to be too difficult to pull off. I don't know. I honestly think they should have worked some more people in throughout the course of the year. Now, Kevin Ball, he's an example. They brought him in. Boy, that did not go well at first. And his second stint now has been much better. Is he, he ready is. to replace Severson? I don't know. I mean, what would you do with that? Would you put well, Ball in for Severson? I mean, you're, everything you're saying makes a lot of sense. Um, it's just my... Uh, the, the, I have such a bad taste in my mouth from watching Severson all these years that it's just gotten to a point where it's like this team has progressed and developed so much and he hasn't come along for the ride. He's still the same dude and everybody else has just gotten better and better and new guys are brought in that just have taken the reins of this team and they're going to be the nucleus of this team for many years ahead and to me, we know he's not going to be there next year so, right. yeah, I mean, would Ball be better? I mean, I don't know if he'd be any worse. Yeah, I know. I, I, I mean, if that's our best bet, then I'd like to see him play more. And yeah. Just see if he if he looks good over the next 10 games of replacing Severson. Let's he just do got it. low for a second. 
Oh, you just got really low for yeah, a second. How about now? I'm still a little low. What'd you do? Really? I did nothing. I got the same setup here I always did. Oh, okay, maybe it's just me. All right, know. never mind. But you know, I, again, I, I, it might just be my, like I said, my disdain for Damon Severson. You know, and, and look, there's some other dudes on this blue line that are not playing fantastic hockey. We know that this you know, team's defense is the deficiency. Um, and come playoff time, you better be solid defensively. You can't be. They cannot be making the mistakes that they make every once in a while uh, come playoff time. I do think this team can find the gritty factor. I do think that they have the personnel now when you kind of look at all four lines and how we pretty much have an idea how all four lines are going to shake out. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, look at that third line where you can have, you know, Eric Halla and... um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Sharon Govich and Palat. Right. That's a that's a line that can do some dirty work and can hit and can dig you know, can can win those board battles. Uh same thing with the fourth line with uh, Miles yeah. Wood, you know, uh Michael McLeod and yeah. whether it's Bastion or Boquist, whoever they decide to put in there, I think they're both fine players. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a little bit more towards uh whatchamacallit, Boquist. I kind of like him a little bit, but I do like Bastion's size. I do mm-hmm. think come playoff time, Bastion is going to be the guy that's in there because we're going to need his size. Yes. And then you you go up to the top six, and the, you know we know who's on those lines, and they're just so good, and they're so fast, and they're so talented, and they see the ice so well that mm-hmm. it's going to be... I don't worry about their defensive play. I worry about how other teams are going to defend against them. Because they're so now, you know, who are you putting with Hughes and Meyer? So I would plot. You're putting. I would put Palat down to the third right, line. Third line, got you. So, so who, you, who do you got so up the, there with? The first line I'd keep the same. So that would be um, uh, Heischer, Brat, right. and uh, I mean uh, Heischer, Mercer, and Mercer. Tatar. And so the second line, with, I I would I put Brat with Hughes and um, Meyer. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And I think if you look at that third line, and and first of all, the chemistry that Jack Hughes is having now with Jesper Bratt is pretty mm-hmm. fun to watch. And, yes. you know, the one thing you could say about Jack Hughes is show me a steady line mate he's had all year. You know, he, 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 his, he, the guys that play with him get moved around and who's in, who's out every other game. Uh, and now when you actually, if you can have some consistency with guys like Bratt, and you're starting to see it now. You're starting to see the, the production pay off. I mean, nobody in the NHL sees the ice like Jack Hughes does. And we've said this a million times. He's five yes. steps ahead of everybody else out there. Really is. That's that's uh, his key. Yeah. And a guy like Timo Meyer now, who's just another dude that's big. He can get in front of the net. He can win you board battles. He can yeah. do all the little things that you need to do. He has some playoff experience. Um, he knows what it takes to win in the playoffs. Then you go to that first line. Tomas Tatar has got some playoff experience. Uh, Nico Heischer has five games playoff experience, but you know he is going to want to prove himself come this postseason. Yes. And Dawson Mercer is just right now playing at a different level. Um, then you go to the third line between Palat and Hala. There's tons of playoff experience there. Right. Palat knows how to win Stanley Cups. He knows what it takes to go the distance, and he is going to be 
hugely instrumental in this team. Um, and the fourth line, I just think if this team is going to go far in the playoffs, that fourth line needs to be back what it was when they were the quote-unquote impact BMW line from you know the 13-game win streak. They have yeah, got to get back I mean, back Let's there. face it, they, they did drift away from that uh, a large part of the season, and they've been you know effective in certain cases, but they haven't been as consistently effective. And boy, I would say dominant the way they were during that streak period. Uh, when Bastion went out, that line had never really recovered, even since he's been back. And um, you know, like that, I would. That's one of the things they really need to tweak and work on as they go into the playoffs. Like you said, that line has to be, uh, you know, performing at its best. I'd also say the third line. You're right. They got the experience. They got the know-how. Um, I want to see that come alive. Uh, you know, because so far, Halla, the performance has been lackluster. You know, we don't have huge numbers to look at from him and go, that's what we're bringing into the playoffs. So I hope he could turn it on. And even Palat, since he's come back from his injury, you know, it has been a gradual build. Well, hopefully he's building up to a hell of a playoff series because we could use it, you know, definitely. Yeah, we definitely need those guys to show up. You know, I mean, Palat has a three-year deal or four-year deal here. He's going to be here a while, you know. You want him to be able to... Yeah, come back to his old postseason form. And that was the thing, even when, like, we talked about it a little bit, I think, the last show. Like, Palat, everybody knows who Andre Palat is, but when you talk about him, everyone's like, knows this guy's playoff clutch. Like, right. he's going to do get you, your numbers in the door in the regular season, but playoff time is when he turns it on to a different level. So that's going to be exciting to see. Eric Halla has just got a, I don't know what his problem is this year. And if it's just playing here within the system, is it, he's old. I I, I mean, I very know. rarely do you see people fall off a cliff like that. So I don't know what the issue is. I don't know. I'm hoping he gets a little bit of, you know, kick, you know, injected into his game, knowing that this team is not only playoff bound, but looks like they got some really good firepower and, and that motivates him to, find his game a little bit better because it, it just hasn't been there. And uh, that is something that has hurt um, and could be improved on. So there's definitely that. And then I would say, you know, when it comes back to that fourth line, even though I mentioned, oh, since Bastion went out, really the person I think who needs to get their shit together on that line, it's Wood. Absolutely. It's Wood. And it, because Wood, when he's playing his game, is a force of nature. He's a big guy, great speed, can score, can hit, can cause mayhem. Uh, for the other team, but we don't see that consistent fire from him every game. Uh, instead, sometimes we just see one stupid penalty after another, and if he can cut out the stupid penalties, come in with that aggressiveness that makes him who he is, he's going to be amazing for this line, and, and that's what really... I don't know why that went away when Bastion went out, but it seemed to, uh, in my opinion. would start falling off right then. And you're, you know, you're 100% right, because like you think about how good this team is now, and they can score at will. They can skate with anybody. If not the, if they're not the best skating team in the NHL, they very well could be. Um, but the little things that they do bad, and they still haven't kind of gotten, like you said, the bad penalties. And mm-hmm. you know, you need if this team is going to have a run in the playoffs, Holla, Palat, that those those bottom six. They need to produce. Miles Wood, you're 100% right, has the potential to be the biggest 
fucking pain in the ass out there. He yeah. can cause other teams nightmares when he's on his game. He mm-hmm. will be the most hated man on the ice, and that's exactly what you need. Yeah, he needs to be in front of that goalie, you know, in his face every chance he gets. Uh, if he's going to get taken down, he's taken down somebody else with him. We need that kind of stuff uh, from him. And when he does that, he's he's a huge, huge plus to this team. But there's so many games where it's like, where has Wood been? I, yeah. I don't see him. He's barely touching the puck. He's not in there battling. You know, that, that happens a lot. Well, and it's got to stop. You know, Lindy is not afraid, doesn't give a shit who you are. He is not afraid. If you're not producing, you're not going out. Uh, I mean, so those a couple of games ago, yep. maybe maybe four games ago, I think that line had four minutes of ice time. I can't remember exactly what game it was. I think the following game they had maybe maybe six or seven minutes of ice time. So, you know, Lindy sees it right off the bat, your first couple of shifts. If the effort's not there... You're not going out there. And a lot of it, of course, has to do with the game flow and what's going on with the game. And, you know, if we're right. down by a couple of goals, you're probably going to play that. The team you're playing, you line. need that checking line to go but, out and play against their best line. Yeah. So, like, when we get further, you know, you know you're know, you in a playoffs. You're not playing the Flyers, okay? You're going to play a team with a great top line. And if we can't rely on them to, to be a fourth line, that means that falls on the third line. And the third line's got to do that work, and it takes away some of their creativity that they could be playing too. That they're yeah. always doing the checking of the first line, you know. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, if if you're going up against you know uh, the Zabanajad line, and every time that they're out there, you have to put the Palat line out there just to kind of keep them in check. And then that Wood line's not doing a whole lot. Well, then all your offense is coming to your top six. Right. And then their best line is going up against the Hughes line, or even you know that's the thing about the Devils. It, pick your poison because yeah, who do you those want to first send your two lines? Line against? Yeah, those first two lines are scary. Yeah. And if they can get those other two lines rolling with consistency, and it starts now. Like there's twenty, twenty one, twenty two games left. You can't be fucking with the lines anymore. Like no. we have our guys. Like whatever moves that they're going to do, if Fitzgerald has anything else up his sleeve. I'm talking about just the offensive pairings. Um, you know, you can't keep fucking with them. Like, you have to, okay, 20 games, let these, you know, 12 guys gel, mm-hmm. and let's see what they can do. Um, right. You know, and I, I think that that's not going to be an issue going further. I think that they, you know, I think they kind of caught a little bit of lightning in the bottle with that uh, Mercer up there with the... Tatar and, and Heischer. Like, wow. I didn't expect that line. That was that kind line. of unexpected. I mean, we liked all those players, uh, but and especially Mercer. Um, but, wow, that line has been incredible. Right. Mercer has been loving that line. It's led him to a production that we haven't seen ever from him. So, yeah, that's something and, we want to keep going. You know, we've been screaming from the rooftops on this podcast, you and I. Like, Mercer, this is not Mercer's fault that his production's not there. Like, there has been no consistency for him at all. Now, finally, he's getting it and the production is there. Now, does it worry you that Tom Fitzgerald is going to be like, all right, let's get my Swiss guys together and Meyer's going to play with Heischer? Because I don't um, want to see that. I, I even think uh, I heard a quote, and I'm trying to remember... It might have been from Ruff, uh, saying that he's likely he's going to have him play with Hughes good. for the very reason you said, which is well that line's working pretty good, so we're yeah. going to mess with that. So and I think they get that. We're going to find out. I wouldn't give a shit if he was still playing Boggle with the fucking lines, but the fact that like you finally kind of have it and that first line is producing like crazy, 
leave it alone. Put Meyer, and and it's kind of like, why did you get Meyer not to play with Hughes? Sure, you got him to play with Hughes, you know? Yeah. Um, look, I can imagine a world in which, despite everything we feel from having seen everything we know about Meyer, the type of player he is, what we know about Hughes, that despite all that, they just don't click. At that point, if they've given it a few games and it's just not working, then maybe you hit the boggle button, but. I mean, you got to give that at least a few games to gel, and well, I, I was going to ask gonna how many successful. How many games do you give? Well, it? I know we don't have a lot to fuck with, but so you know, at least three. I would rather give them like five games together, unless we're, unless the, you know the results are so abysmally bad, which I just can't imagine. No. I really think the results are going to be fantastic. The only thing that might need a few games is that this line is going to get a shit ton of attention from the other team. And so it might be a little harder. They're going to do their best checking against this line because they, you know, are very well aware. And if anything, this is going to be great for the for the uh, Mercer line and Heischer line to, to get a little bit less attention from the other team. Because everybody's going to be looking at Hughes and, and, and Meyer together. And they're going to throw out their best defense against them. So that might take them a little while of just playing together and, uh, you know, just to figure out, you know, doing their job against the very best the other team can throw it at you because that's what's going to happen for a while. They're well, going to throw you know, their very best at you. Well, we know that that, that line, especially this year, like um, we know Meyer can play defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hughes is very underrated as far as his defensive play. You know, he uh, says he hates it, but he does a pretty good job. You know? It's he fine that make... he hates it. Yeah. He's going to learn in April uh, that without it, you're not going far. Yeah, you won't um, get to May. And that's the thing about the the Rangers that I'm, you know, looking at and I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't know if they are better than, you know, the other six, all the the top six. I'm looking, I'm like, I think they might actually be the worst team. I really do. I think Toronto, Tampa, Boston, us, and Carolina are all better than the Rangers. And look. Yeah, I agree. You know, they have an amazing goalie, and I know he hasn't been playing great. And we had said... From the beginning on this show, like, what does a Ranger team look like if Shashurkin comes down to earth a little bit? We said this, like, right when the season started. If Chris Kreider doesn't score 52 goals, uh, and and this is what you get. You get a middle-of-the-road team that is, in my opinion, nowhere near as good as they were last year. Right. And I really don't. They've lost a lot of pieces, a lot of character pieces. And it's like, okay, they're going. And how many times have we seen this with the Rangers over the yep. course of decades? They go for a big name. Big, um, aged name. Yeah. yeah. You know, meanwhile, the Devils hit a 26-year-old archetype power forward that just does not come around very often. And oh, yeah. we already have, a, you know, a generational star in Jack Hughes. Like, it is. Absolutely. And, you know, listen, Meyer probably had some input in this. Um, I think that he preferred going to the Devils. And, you know, you can't take what they say on face value. I know he says that, but I believe it because I think he wants to play with this team more than he wants to play with the Rangers, you know? I mean, if he was shipped off to the Rangers instead of the Devils, I'm sure he'd do his job and play well. But I think that he uh, is more excited about playing with Hughes than even we realize. So it's going to be good. 
I agree. Why wouldn't he be, right? I mean, yes. if you're 26 years old, you're playing in a, you know, market, small market in San Jose that's not going anywhere, and you're putting up great numbers, and then you're watching these games uh, from the other conferences and other divisions, and you're seeing a team like the Devils, just that young, that full of talent, flying all over the place with a very good record. Yeah, if I was a 26-year-old kid doing it, I'd be like, man, it would be a hell of a lot more fun doing it with those guys than doing it here. And, you know, they were – did you see Fitzgerald on uh, his interview uh, on uh, the NHL Network? I don't know. I did not. I, I saw his conference, his, you know, after the trade. That's not what you're talking about. He was no, the, this was an NHL interview. Network. And they asked yeah. him, um, you know, well, you didn't sign him long term. Are you worried that you're not going to? And Fitzgerald's like, no. And, and they asked why not. He's like, because with some along the lines of, you know, I don't I – don't, he's going to want to play here. Yeah. Like, once he gets here, he was like, first of all, New Jersey is extremely underrated. He's right. like, it is a really, like, the suburbs are gorgeous. He's like, right. you know, between Hoboken and Weehawken and Jersey City, it is a ton of fun for these guys. He yeah. is going to come here, and he said he's going to fall in love with it, and he's going to yeah, want to sign. That's what his so, quote was. I did see that quote. I didn't see the interview. He's going to fall in love with New Jersey is what he yep. said. And he meant the whole experience. You're right. And, uh, no, it's true. I mean, I have never heard a player come here and go, oh, I hated my time in New Jersey. Now, a lot of guys say, I don't want to go to New Jersey who haven't been here, but it's just like everybody else in the country or yep. in North America. New Jersey's got a horrible reputation, and most of it is undeserved. You know, like most of it, if you've actually been here, it's not that bad. You know, you know between it's got a lot of pluses. Jersey City, Hoboken, and Weehawken, three of the could be you know, three of the most fun towns, fun cities to go and party in for 20-something-year-olds uh, between the restaurants and the nightlife and, you know, for these guys to, you know, just beautiful women everywhere, all the college areas. People from Manhattan go to Hoboken to hang out. Um, right. It is a really fun town. And then you want to drive 45 minutes and you're on beautiful beaches, right. um, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it does have a lot to offer. You don't want to go too far south because then you're in flyer country. So, you know. Yeah, you know. it's not. There's nothing. You know, you don't really need to go south of, say, I don't know what, Seaside Heights. Yeah, I think it was a, Exit 82. We, yeah. we stop at Exit 82 then. They don't yeah, go any further. You, know, you want to go any yeah. further south, go at your own risk. Well, there is AC, though. AC is great. AC is great. I take that back. Also, you know, family friendly. Not that Wild these guys Woods really nice. care. These young guys. Uh, I like Ocean City, New Jersey. I like Wildwood. Wildwood, yeah. You know, I haven't been back to Wildwood since I was like in high school, though. Okay. Is it is it good these days? I like it. I think it's gorgeous. I mean, there's but a I'm lot old. of flyer people down there. Yeah, I know. I know. Same with Ocean City. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. Yeah, yeah it's not so. very far at all. Yeah, and Ocean City was always good to take the little kids to when, when they were small. We used to do that. It's a dry town, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. one thing that makes it good for the little kids and not so good for me. Yeah, you don't want your kids getting fucking hammered. I mean, now I don't care. They're older. <laughs> so we have uh, three games this week starting tonight, which now you said Timo Meyer is not playing against the Avalanche tonight. What I'm reading is it is not Timo time tonight. That they're now, gonna, you know, very likely see him in the next game. But That's what I was going to ask. So yeah, they're they, looking they at Friday. Yeah, he's practiced with the team in a no-contact jersey. So Yeah, I saw that. Whatever the upper body inj- injury is, they said it's still being evaluated and they wanted to do tests on it. And I, guess, I get it. You don't want to rush him in. 
uh, kind of frustrated. Everybody wants to see him play. I was hoping it was going to be tonight, but I understand. So, yeah, what they said is the lineups are going to be exactly the same, except you got Vanacek in net. Uh, and so I'm looking for him to come and play a good game. And his, quote, flashy new pads, which I'm pretty excited about. I heard Vanacek went and finally got a new set of pads. You know anything about these pads? No, I did. I, and I, I purposely didn't Google any pictures because I just want to see it. You know, it always amazed me, though, like some of these guys like Vanacek who get signed on a team and they get like the kind of boring pads, like neutral pads. Like yeah. these are pretty boring and neutral. They got a little black and white. Um, some guys do the all white, but like uh, Blackwood was doing the all white. Yes, I saw that. You know, and the theory with the white is that it's uh, easier to for the to mask where you're where you're at when the opponent shoots and whatever. But the point is, everybody kind of likes it when the goaltender has a kind of a cool set of pads that represent the team. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. Berdour has those iconic ones with the flames on them that he had from like the second cup run. And um, other than that, the Devils have not had a lot of, wow, look at that New Jersey Devils goalie equipment. You know, Devils have never been flashy with anything. Uh, and a lot of that was by design from the old ownership and you know sure. and stuff. A lot they of that. They didn't want to have facial hair. You know, they're kind of right. like running like the old New York Yankees. Oh, Lamorella, no, you had to mm-hmm. cut your hair. He's still like that with the Islanders. You can't have facial mm-hmm. hair. You got to cut your hair. But even before Lamorella was there, it was you know there was a lot of you know old fashioned. Like the Devils were one of the last teams to have a third jersey. Oh yeah, Absolutely. you know they so all that shit. So it, you're right. Now it has changed. Now they're kind of more with the times. Uh, being run a little bit more modern, but yeah, I, it's, it, you're right. We really but haven't I mean, had what any... they can do with these pads these days is amazing. I mean, anything you can imagine can be made. Hell, I get tempted to buy a set of them for men's league just because they're so fucking cool. But these guys, who you know, with the contracts they have, and, the, and I'm sure the team probably would even pick them up. Like, I, it amazes me. Some of them don't go for like something pretty fucking cool. Right away. And, oh, I totally and, and would. And not the only one. There's a lot of guys running around in what I'm going to call a boring set of goalie gear. Um, you know, and I do, I tip my hat to those guys who have like a couple sets. They'll got the one they wear with this color jersey and the one they wear with Theo that. Theo Fleury yeah. still has his gold ones from Vegas. Yeah. Well, uh, they're ugly. Theo, but yeah. I mean, not Theo, Mark Andre. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, um, yeah. There was that whole thing. Like his heart's still in Vegas, I guess. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, except for the goalie pads. Except for uh, the gold pads, they come yeah. back. They go to Minnesota with you. I don't know. I don't know why. But um, yeah, there's so much cool stuff out there, and I always love when I see an interesting set of goalie pads. And, and you know, you know, I get the whole blocker glove to match. It's, it's just cool. I just I think like you fuckers can afford the shit that all us rec league goalies love to drool over. Why aren't you doing it? All right. So <laughs> this is your. You have a job for next podcast. You have to yeah. give us a full breakdown and a yes, your whole re- whole yeah you, you want your whole opinion, everything about Vanacek's new pads, which we have yet to see, but we are an hour away from game time, yeah. so we'll see it soon. With um, no Timo Meyer to check out, that's going to be my number one checkout. Of I was the so looking forward to this game to be able to see him, but yeah. all right, all right, we'll have we'll, to wait. Hopefully if, Friday. Hopefully Friday night when we play uh, um, Vegas. But real quick. This is a tough ass game tonight. Yes, this game champs. is no joke. This team is playing amazing hockey. I, I think they're going to win their division, even though they're in like third place right now. One thing uh, in our favor, Kale uh, McCarr, it will be out. He's yeah, he's still tonight. out. Right. Yeah. 
So, but I mean, they're playing some really, really good hockey. We met once at the Rock, right? That was during the 13-game win streak, and we beat them one yep. nothing as Vanacek's first shutout uh, with this team. Uh, so, you know, what do you what do you kind of expect? Oh boy. Um, well, I'd like to I'd like to see them win handily, you know. But you're playing a very good team there, so you know, I think uh, it's very likely we could get a. Two nothing shutout, maybe a three one win. Uh, right. You know, and, and this team's not going to be super easy to score on, but I think if we uh, commit, we can you know outscore them and play well and, and win. Um, I you know I don't see a super high scoring game, but it's possible. You know, so I, I'm curious. I'm curious right. to see um, how if their heads are in it or if the, if the whole team's waiting for Timo Meyer and they just come out with a shit game. I could see that happening. I hope not. I could also see him being like, let's show this guy what it means to be a devil and right. go out there and put on a show. Um, I know I said, I think, in the last one, that I thought that we were going to win this game, win in overtime against Vegas, and then beat the Coyotes, and that would fill it out this week. I'm going to change that. I think we're going to win in overtime tonight. And I'm going to go 5-4. I do think it's going to okay. be high scoring. Vanacek right, hasn't played in a while. Um, That's true. Uh, what's it been? Almost a full week now since he've, he's seen action. Right. Uh, I do think that they're going to, you know, play with a You know, I think they're going to unfortunately have to come from behind. And they're going to have to win it in the second and third. I think it will be like 2 3 nothing, maybe even after the first. Okay. Uh, just because I feel like this team has got to get their shit together for winning first periods, and until I see them doing it, I'm going to say that they're going to play a shitty first period. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, you're definitely not saying something that's out of school with with, with what they've been doing all year. So, got to say, it, it sounds believable when you put it that way. I'm just hoping for a really good performance and that they come out ready for this, you know, very dangerous Colorado team. We'll we'll find out. They are very dangerous. And uh, all right, so anything else you wanted to chit chat about? You know, uh, we'll we'll go over some stuff. I guess the next time we meet, which will be when? Uh, uh, I think that we're probably we'll going to shoot for do probably Saturday. Saturday, probably. Yeah, so hopefully, we'll have a lot to talk about there uh, after maybe Meyer's first game. We'll find out. My, uh, yeah, maybe Meyer w- plays uh, Vegas on Friday. We'll find out. I was thinking about. Seeing if you guys wanted to hop on Friday to do a show, but then after during this show, I re- remembered that we're playing at ten o'clock, and that's probably going to be Myers' first game. I don't think any of us are going to want to do a podcast, uh, so I figured we'll watch the game and then we could do it on Saturday. Either way, I'm good. All right, that works. Then uh, we will see you when we see you. All right, puckers out. <laughs> It's over.